Hello. You are listening to the Grieving Parents Sharing Hope podcast. We are here to walk with parents on their unwanted journey of child loss, guiding them to a place of hope, light, and purpose, not in spite of their child's death, but as a way to honor his or her life. And now, here is your host, author, speaker, and bereaved parent, Laura Deal. Hi, we are going to do something really different today. I have been praying and thinking about what to have for this podcast episode, and nothing just seemed to be right. And I was starting to think, we just might not have a podcast for this week. I have a list of things that I you know, keep on hand, but it just nothing felt like it was the right thing to talk about until this morning. This is, as I'm recording this, I usually record it earlier than this, but it's Monday and the podcast comes out Tuesday. And this morning, I was reading something and it started putting some questions in my mind and really thinking about digging into a certain scripture and seeing it from the viewpoint of us as perivers. And so what I thought I would do is just turn on my microphone and I would let you listen to me talk out loud about this scripture and kind of walk through it with a new view. If you've been with me for very long or read very many of the things that I write, you will find out that I I was raised in the church as a preacher's kid, and I was an international children's minister for many years, really all of my adult years until my daughter Becca died. And so I do have a pretty good knowledge of the scriptures. Now, revelation and knowledge are different things, right? And so there are so many verses now after Becca died that have a totally new meaning to me. It's not something that I'm doing, that I'm trying to twist the scriptures to say what I think they should say, but it's like the Holy Spirit just breathes new life into a scripture and it has a whole new purpose in my life than it did before Becca died. So what I want to do today is I am going to be looking at Matthew chapter 4, and this is right after Jesus was baptized. We know that the Holy Spirit came down as a dove and ascended on Jesus, and there was a voice from heaven. God spoke, and he said, this is my beloved son in whom I am well pleased. And the very next thing that happened, so, I mean, this would be a real high, right? I mean, the Holy Spirit ascends on you, a voice from heaven comes out and says how pleased God is with you. I mean, that's a real high. But the very next thing that happened, it says that Jesus was led by the Spirit into the wilderness. Whoa, what just happened? The Holy Spirit led Jesus into the wilderness a desert place, a place of that was barren, hot. He had no food. Now, naturally, we can't survive without water for more than three days, so I don't know how Jesus was sustained there. Maybe he was able to drink something from a cactus. Maybe he found a little stream. I don't know. The Bible doesn't tell us that. But we are very aware of what a wilderness is, right? In the physical, in the natural realm. And we are now very aware of what a wilderness is in the spiritual realm, in every part of our lives, just everything caving in on us. We are in a wilderness after the death of our child. So right after this huge event in Jesus's life, and God says, I am pleased with my son, the Holy Spirit leads him 
directly into the wilderness. I That just blows my mind when I think about it. So it says, after fasting for 40 days and 40 nights, he was hungry. Now, I personally, many years ago, I did do a 40-day fast. And at the beginning, it was really hard as my body was detoxing and I was shaky and weak and and uh, you don't think you're going to be able to break through. But once you break through that initial kind of feeling so sick and yucky, you go through times, days where you feel very strong, everything is good, you just have a, a good outlook on life. Even though you haven't been eating, it's like your body's being cleansed of the toxins and you're feeling healthy. And there's some good periods in that 40 days of fasting. But then you can hit a wall and it's horrible again. And your body just, it's, <laughs> your body needs food and it's letting you know, I need to eat. And then you break through that again and you have good days again where you're healthy and strong and it doesn't bother you to eat. Now, I think about when I did my fasting years ago, I, when I, when things would get bad and I, I mean, I'm cooking meals for my, for my family and everything during that time. And I remember there were times where I would just like open up a jar of peanut butter and I would just smell the peanut butter and I would have to be satisfied by the smells of the food since I couldn't eat them. And I'm thinking Jesus didn't even have that. He couldn't even open up a jar of peanut butter or smell a steak or whatever it was to satisfy any part of his not being able to eat. So here he is 40 days and 40 nights without food. And the tempter, the devil, came to him and said, If you are the Son of God, tell these stones to become bread. Now, if you're like me, all of the teachings that I've had on this, that I remember anyway, they really put the emphasis on, If you are the Son of God, prove yourself. If you really are the Son of God. But to me, I look at this in a, in a different way. You know, he said, Tell these stones to become bread. And... I mean, he was hungry. <laughs> that would have been very tempting. I mean, it's like right after that, he turned the water into wine. He uh, took, what, five loaves and two fish and fed thousands of people with that little bit of food. We know that he could have turned those stones into bread, warm, like fresh out of the oven bread, that he could have done that and eaten but he says, it's written, people do not live on bread alone, but on every word that comes from the mouth of God. And just thinking about how there are times in our life, like when our child has died, that food isn't what's going to sustain us. And I know, especially at the beginning, you have to eat something, you have to eat something. And and we do. We do need to uh, do what we can to take care of ourselves physically. But we need the bread that will sustain us in the long term. And I know for a lot of you, you're so frustrated. You tell me how frustrated you are that I don't hear God. I try. I don't feel his presence. I try. Nothing is happening. It's like God's not there. It's like he's mad at me. It's like he's totally turned his back on me. Why did God do that for you? How come you could hear from God? What am I doing wrong? Was I not a good enough Christian before my child died like you were? And, and I just want to say, please don't. Don't go there. Don't heap on guilt. Don't try to figure out the whys. Don't beat yourself up and think it's because of you. It's your fault. I'm telling you, it's the darkness you're in. The enemy has you in such a deep place of darkness that it takes a while for the light to break through. 
I just gave this example a week or two ago, but I'll give it again. Like when a gun shoots off near someone's ear or there's an explosion and it, it deadens their hearing, it does damage in the eardrums and in the ear, and it takes a while for that healing to take place. And they might see that people are talking to them. They may know that people are talking to them. They may know that there are sounds going on all around them but it can't get through because there's been so much damage and trauma within the ears that it takes a while for that to heal for the sounds to be able to come through again. And I really think that's a lot what it's like for us. There has been so much trauma and damage internally from the death of our child that it takes a while for the healing process to get to the point where we can hear God again and we can sense his presence. But we do need to live by his word. We need to live by what we know. And I, one thing I noticed is that Jesus never said, well, I kind of feel like he never talked about how he felt. He always said, this is the truth. This is what's written. This is what I know. And I think it would be helpful for us to try to not make our decisions about where God is based on how we feel, but based on what we knew about God before this happened. And sometimes all that gets scrambled. It gets totally upheavaled. It's, it's like, well, I thought I knew who God was before my child died, but now I, I don't. I don't know who God is because a loving God wouldn't have done this. And why did he do this to me? And why did he do this to my child? And, and if God really loved me, he wouldn't have let this happen. And we prayed and we fasted and he didn't step in and do a miracle. And the Bible says that he will heal when we have enough faith. And I mean, all these things that we thought we knew God before our child died. And then when our child dies, everything is like out the window. It's kind of like the wise man who built his house on the sand. And it's like, I thought my house was built on the rock until Becca died. And I realized how much of it was still built on the sand. And so it is a chance to get to know who God really is, not who people have told us he is, not what has been preached at us and taken to certain verses in the Bible that are pulled out, that we hang on to, that God, this is your promise, you have to do this. That's what I would tell God, you have to do this, God, because you said this. And I think about that and it's like, wow, I was kind of nervy, but that's what I would do to tell God he had to do something because the Bible, this verse right here says you have to do it. And I have discovered that he doesn't have to, and I've discovered that I can still trust him, that I still can trust his presence. I can trust what he's doing in my life. I need his presence, and I need him, even if I can't feel him, okay? Because I'll tell you, I'm going through a wilderness experience right now myself. I'm in a very dry place right now, and I am not always feeling his presence. I'm not always hearing him speak to me. But I know he's here simply because he said in his word that he is. He's here. He's near. He will not leave me. He will not forsake me. And even if I can't hear him, I can't feel him, I know he's here somewhere in the middle of the messes and in the middle of the wilderness. And that's what we hang on to. 
even if we can't feel him, hang on to the fact that I know he's here with me in this pit. He is here with me in this wilderness. He is here with me in this darkness. And keep talking to him. Keep crying out to him. And keep resting in him, which is what we have been talking about. Just keep going to him and throwing yourself at his feet and throwing yourself at his mercy until something breaks through, because it will. We need his word. We need, let me read this from a, a different version here. I know some of the other versions that I've read say something along the line of, it takes more than bread to stay alive. It takes the words from God. It takes God's word. It takes God sustaining me. That's the only thing that is keeping me alive is God sustaining me. And I'm telling you that right now. What is keeping you alive? And I know we don't want to be alive, do we? It's like people say, well, count your blessings. You're breathing, right? And it's like, but I don't want to be breathing. I don't want to be here anymore. I don't want to be alive. If that's where you are, it's okay because I think all of us, almost all of us start at that place where I don't want to be here anymore. But life comes from God. And you still being alive means that God is sustaining you, even though it doesn't feel like it, even though you're just taking one breath at a time. I remember sitting, the chair I was sitting in when I realized I wasn't breathing and I had to tell myself to take a breath. So sometimes it's, we can't even take one day at a time. It's an hour at a time. It's a minute at a time. It's taking one breath at a time is where we are. But that breath comes from God. And I know you would rather he just not give you that breath. But the fact that you're breathing and the fact that you're still here means that God is sustaining you through the hurt and through the darkness. He is there with you. And I, I guess we'll talk about this some more next week because obviously we just got through the first one. There were three times the devil came to him to tempt him. And I think really today... This is, this is my heart, and maybe this is what God wants you to know, that maybe you were led into the wilderness, and God did not, as sovereign he, as he is, he did not stop the death of your child and my daughter, Becca. So in that sense, he led us into the wilderness. But that doesn't mean that he isn't there with us in this dark place. So just grab a hold of that message, even if you can't believe it for yourself. I, I know that it's true. I know that it's true because I've seen it looking back in my life and I've, I've talked to so many other parents who have said the same thing. God was with me. Even when I couldn't feel him, even when I couldn't see him, he was with me and he is with you. I just want to remind you real quick that this month, July, is National Bereaved Parents Month, and we are running a special on my books and the GPS Hope Bookstore. If you purchase the book When Tragedy Strikes, you can select a second book, any of my other books, for only $5. So for $20, you can get two books from me. And if you're interested in doing that, just go to gpshope.org, click on the store button, find the books, and that special will be right up on top, front and center. Let's go ahead and get to our birthdays. Abby Sherwood, 
was born on July 15th and is forever 18. Evelyn Grace Macquarie is forever a newborn as she died at birth on July 16th. Madeline Youngdahl was born on July 16th and is forever 14. Jack Crean was born on July 16th and is forever 18. Jimmy LaPlante was born on July 19th and is forever 39. We join with these families in celebrating and acknowledging the day that they came into this world. We know it is so important for us to continue to remember them on their birthdays. If you would like to have your child's birthday announced the week of his or her birthday on this podcast, all you have to do is go to gpshope.org slash birthdays. There's a form to fill out, submit it, and we will add your son or daughter to the birthday list. You know, in talking about God's presence and knowing that God is with us and, and Jesus saying people don't live on bread alone, but we're sustained even more by the word of God. I want to encourage you. I know some of you have a hard time reading your Bible, but I want to encourage you to open it up, go to your phone, however you want to read it. Maybe turn to the book of Psalms. That's a good place to read because there are so many times that David just cried out to God, how long, God, how long am I going to be in this place of darkness? And he would even say, God, get my enemies, kill them, you know, things like that. Things that we can really relate to. And he, and then he'll also go into, but God, you're good and you're taking care of me and you're bringing me out of this place. And so I feel like a lot of times the Psalms really helped me in my roller coaster ride after Becca died because there were so many verses that I could relate to in there or ask the Holy Spirit to direct you to some scriptures that you can read, get a, a devotional book. I'm actually in the process of writing a daily devotional book for bereaved parents. Hopefully it will be out in November is the goal, but right now we don't have that. So maybe pray about God bringing something your way to read. And I do have a list of hope scriptures that are in our library. It's free to anyone who wants to become a member of GPS Hope of our library. Just go to our website and find the library, and you'll have to give yourself a name and a password, and then you have access to everything in that library. And there's a lot of stuff in there, so I encourage you to check it out. And there are, like I said, uh, uh, lists that you can print out, scriptures of hope, and that would be something good to meditate on in God's Word and, and just begin to feed yourself on that. So we will, like I said, we'll go ahead and continue this next week. But in the meantime, always remember to hold on. Pain eases. There is hope.